Welcome to the Allie on the Run Show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and today I'm excited to welcome two very special guests to the show. On this episode, I'm joined by Lori and David Feller, my parents. I got them to share their love story. They were high school sweethearts. Aww. And talk about the challenges of maintaining a long distance relationship long before the days of FaceTime, texting, and Skype. We talked about why they decided to move to the booming metropolis of Kentucky, New Hampshire. And we talk about what raising me was like. They were happy to talk all about why I was a great kid and even happier to share why I was at times less than great. This episode is packed with fun stories from mom and dad on the run, and I hope you enjoy getting to know my family a little bit better. Let's go. Today I am joined by two of the most special guests, and I know what you're thinking, Brian and Ellie, but no, (laughs) even more exciting because these two people are making their Ellie on the Run show debut. Please welcome to the show, Lori and David Feller, a.k.a. Mom and Dad on the Run. Papa Fell. All right, you want to be Papa Fell today. How would you like us to <laughs> refer to you, Mom? I guess I'm getting used to Grammy. All right, Grammy's good. Okay, so what we do on the Alley on the Run show is we start with a warm-up, because ideally that's how you start a good run. That's not necessarily how I start mine, but ideally you start with a warm-up. So warm everyone up. Dad, Papa Fell, we'll start with you. Tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and what you do. I'm David Feller. I am from the thriving metropolis of Kentucky, New Hampshire, and I am a management consultant. And one day I will learn what that means. Mom, Grammy, tell us who you are, where you're from, and what it is that you do. I am Mom Lori Feller. I'm also from Kentucky, New Hampshire, originally from Pennsylvania, however. And I work in an elementary school as a teacher's assistant. All right, so you mentioned originally from Pennsylvania. Let's go with that. So. That's where you guys met. That's where you grew up. Take us all the way back in time, which is like a hundred (laughs) years. Tell us, I want to know your love story. So tell us a little bit about how you two met. And I know that the stories are a little bit different. So we're going to let, we're just going to preface this by saying Grammy's story is probably the accurate one. Papa (laughs) Fells might have a bit of the embellishment and a flair for the dramatic, which I definitely inherited from him. So tell us your love story. How'd you guys meet? Well, I think we met in junior high. What is junior high? Well, back then, junior high was 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. Okay. And we had a lot of the same classes and a lot of the same friends. And a lot of it was in Spanish class. He sat next to me and liked to cheat off of me because he wasn't very good at Spanish. Did you let him cheat off you? Tried not to, but he did anyway. How? What does that mean? Like, he's like looking at your paper and he's like, yo, cheerleader girl. Let oh, me look at he your not only looked at my paper, he got up out of his seat because I was covering it with my arm to look at my answers. All right, so I'm you. I never <laughs> let anyone cheat off me. Like, I was that annoying girl who studied so hard and was like, oh, you didn't study? Not my problem. And I would cover my paper. That was me. I don't know why I didn't have more friends. So you were kind of the class clown, Dad, I'm guessing. I just want to, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that there is no proof that I ever did that. Okay. Okay. Fair. I know. No Instagram back then. You couldn't no. like publicly shame him. Into well, no, but he, he kind of embarrassed me anyway, because then when he got caught and the teacher said something to him, he told her he wasn't cheating. He was just asking me out. And were you? She no. She bought it. That's all that matters. The teacher bought it? Yes. Yeah. And what did you do? I, You're like, I got to go out I, with him now. No, no, we didn't. No, we didn't go out yet. No, that was junior high. We didn't start going out until high school. All right. So you were like chasing her down. 
Is it because she was cute, smart? What was it about her? Everything. She's perfect. Everything. <laughs> and to set the record straight, we met in first grade. All right, here we go. <laughs> Alternate version. Go ahead. First grade. And then she ignored me for all, close to 10 years. What do you remember about her in first grade? Yeah, really. I chased her on a park, on the playground. Is that true? She I have no recollection of that. <laughs> I have no recollection so, of that whatsoever. So it was obviously amazing. So then when did you actually start dating? Senior year. And how did you finally ask her out? I guess, I'm guessing it wasn't in Spanish. <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> We just started hanging out a lot more. We had a lot of the same friends, and his friend Woody, who was not uh, his first name, no, but Steven. that's what they called yep. him. Yeah, everyone with their nicknames. They, he would take him out in a van. He had a special van, and he started including me in the trips, and we just got close. And I think that our first real date was our homecoming dance, football dance. Why did you want to hang out with him? He cheated off you. He shamed you in front of the class. I he didn't often, seem like he was very studious. No, and honestly, and I used to say a lot of things about him and his best friend, Ron, like you two, but you know what? I ended up trying it out and it worked out great anyway. All right, so you went to the homecoming dance. How was that? Was dad chivalrous? Oh, he was always a gentleman, yes. Oh, good job, dad. Yeah. And then you went to prom together? We did, we went to prom together. And were you like, I guess I'm gonna marry this guy? We still had four years away at college, though. That was the rough. Yeah, so you went to separate colleges. Yes. So when you graduated from high school, see, now when I graduated from high school, my mom was like, you shouldn't go away to college with a boyfriend from home. And why do you think that is? But you guys got married. I know, but it wasn't easy. It was very All right, hard. So why we was it? near each other. So tell me about that, because you didn't have cell phones, technology. No. I feel like I've heard a story that dad... So where'd you go to college, mom? I started at Ryder College in New Jersey, and after a year and a half, I transferred to University of Delaware. Go Blue Hens. And Dad? Emville State. That's, is that what they call it? Emville? <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah, we're making things up now. All right, so you're, so you're at Millersville. You're at, we'll say Delaware. Yeah, most we'll, of the time We'll skip Delaware. that first year and a half for brevity's sake. How far apart are those two schools? Well, by not. car or by hitchhiking? <clears throat> when your car breaks down? On the way, on backcountry? Uh, I'd say an roads. hour and a half. Okay, not too bad. See, if you were a runner, you could run that. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you went to separate colleges. How often did you see each other or talk to each other? How'd you make that work? We did, oh, we did a lot of letter writing. There was a lot of snail mail, and we usually had a set time like Thursday nights after 11 when it was cheaper on the payphone to call each other. And we probably saw each other... We tried every other week, every That's three pretty weeks. Good. And the whole time you were like, we're just so in love. We have no desire to date other people at college. I guess, because neither of us did. Or at least not that I know of. I know <laughs> <Dad>. I didn't. <laughs> totally monogamous. All right. So you managed to do that for four years yeah. in college. What kept you going? I guess our love. Dad? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's adorable. <laughs> Dad, anything to add? <laughs> that was it. All right. Didn't you used to hitchhike to go see mom or did you make that up? No. He... You really hitchhiked? Like yes. put your thumb out on a road yeah. to go see her. And you were fine with that, mom? No. Oh. <laughs> no, I was uncomfortable and it made me nervous. But back then, I mean, a lot of kids did it. It wasn't like it is today, but. Do you have any good hitchhiking stories? Oh, lots. <laughs> Let's hear one. 
attacked by two Dobermans. Like wild ones? No, they were out in front of some guy's house and I was walking by and he must have been working on his yard in the backyard and the dogs came out full force at me. And So not only did you hitchhike to go see her, you show up and you're like bloody, mangled, <laughs> in rough shape. No. <laughs> Yeah, most, like of the, you were most, fine. most of the time, I knew other people that were going to Delaware, and most of the time I went directly to see mom, but not all the time. Where were you stopping? Oh, yeah, maybe I don't know this part. <laughs> <laughs> and where were there you? Stone was, no, Balloon? No, there was a um, very popular bar called the Stone Balloon. Were you old enough to where do that the, drinking? Where uh, George Thurgood yes. and Delaware Destroyers were at the time playing before they had a name for themselves. All right, so you go to college apart, you eventually graduate, <clears throat> then what happens? Uh, he got a job two hours from where we grew up, and I got a job closer to home, so I went and lived at home with mom and dad. He moved off, got his own place, and we still saw each other about every other weekend. Okay, and were you like, we're going to keep doing this, and we want to get married soon. Because you got married pretty soon after college. You got married when you guys were 23. It was a year. A we year after really college. We never talked about it. We never really talked about it. So okay. I was kind of surprised. Uh, you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And you didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. So. Imagine me talking about wanting to get married at 22. Yeah, but that was common back then. Yeah, I mean, people, people still it. do it now. Yeah, but I mean, I'll, you know, usually you good thing graduated I college. Good thing I didn't get married to... The- where I was at 22. We'll get or to that. 23 or 24. <laughs> or 25, 26, 27. Yeah. No, 77. By then we were by then we were good. Okay. So, dad, you have a very romantic proposal story. Why don't you share that with everyone? So, what do you think of the weather today? <laughs> All right. I'm going to have you tell this story. I'll preface it by saying, "Mom, the fact that you said yes proves I think you're a saint." Dad, <laughs> how did you propose to her? I wrote a poem. You did? Yes. You did. did you propose to her in person? I wrote a poem <laughs> and I recited it to her. Do you remember the poem? I do. All right, let's so, hear it. No, I don't. No, I don't. No. I don't. No, I don't. I remember the ending. What was the ending? With these three little words. No. <laughs> Four little words. <laughs> Will you marry me? Okay. But you didn't... She said, that's very nice. I didn't take it seriously. Because, okay, because it was over the phone. You called her. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do we really have to get into that level of detail? (laughs) Absolutely we do. I think it's important. So why didn't you walk over to her house and get on one knee? I was 200 miles away. Okay, that's one reason. But why didn't you wait until you were going to see her again? I, I had the urge. Oh, no. The no. Phillies had just won the World Series. There were, I thought it was, it the was, our, won the Super it was Bowl. our anniversary oh. of our dating. It was the five-year anniversary of our first date. And, and and it just so happens to be when he called, I was out in the street celebrating because the Phillies had just won the World Series. And so I came in and that his, he recited And what, his Honey poem. was on the phone? And, or Honey was like, David's on the phone. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you proposed over the phone. <laughs> yes. And you said yes. I kind of said, are you serious? I said, that's really nice. I didn't really know if he was serious, but I did go see him that weekend. Okay. And And did you have a ring? No. No. Was it not a big deal back then? No. Not like today. We were going to go pick it out in Philadelphia, Jewelers Row together. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So you get engaged. Mm -hmm. You get married. You had that big wedding cake. I heard that your your wedding, I wasn't there, unfortunately. (laughs) I heard it was super fun. I heard there was drinking, dancing. A little bit. A little bit of both. 
Okay. And then you started having kids. Well, you had Ryan. Well, a year and a half later. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty speedy timeline. So the big thing about our wedding was that my father had a heart attack and didn't know whether he was going to make our wedding. He had a heart attack how many, like how soon before the Three wedding? Three weeks. Three weeks. <clears throat> so were you guys freaking out? A little bit. But he made it. Mm-hmm. He was, was he in a wheelchair at the wedding? Yes, for okay. a lot of it. He didn't have the strength. But he was there, which is great. Was it emotional? Yeah. Did you cry? Did Dad, did you cry when Mom walked down the aisle? No. She looked very pretty. He actually laughed. I remember. Up what? At the, uh, no, not You're when not I'm himself. No, 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 no. Not when I walked down the aisle, but when we were at the altar, there was a bee, and this bee kept buzzing around, and we're all like this, <laughs> and you could hear the bee, and we're oh. Wait, wasn't your wedding inside? Yeah. A bee got inside. So actually, <laughs> this is interesting. Dad, you are Jewish. Mom, I you- I still am. I said you are Jewish. You were Jewish. Yeah, I mean, you still are-ish. Jewish is what I like to say. Mom, you're Catholic. So did that matter to either of your families? Yeah. Oh, Dad's laughing. So let's go. Let's cut to Papa Fell. <laughs> Neither of our families were very religious. My parents went to synagogue when it was convenient. Your, your My mother parents went to church went, every week. Yes. And did the kids? Did we, you guys? We all did growing up. Yeah, okay. and we went to Catholic classes. And Dad, you had a bar mitzvah. Dad, yeah, you yep. went to Hebrew school. But at the wedding, or planning for the wedding, it was like you would have thought that we were like on, Orthodox our, on our way to being rabbis and nuns. So well, the other part very religious. <laughs> yes, it brought out. But it worked out great. I mean, they weren't, you know, they just kind of expressed their opinions, what they each would have liked, and it didn't work out that way, but... I think everyone was very happy with how it turned out. I'm going to tell the funny pre-Cana story. I actually know this story. <laughs> Go ahead. We Well, first, what is pre-Cana? Pre-Cana is when you get married in the church, you have to go to classes. I forget how many hours. And you, usually they did them weekly, but because Dad lives so far away, we signed up to do an all-day Saturday one. So here we hardly ever see each other. He comes home and we're spending a day in religion classes, which he didn't really care too much about and we weren't I by then wasn't really a good practicing Catholic myself so we didn't know much about it it was lunchtime well we didn't bring a lunch or anything we hadn't seen each other so we went outside and they had a swing set and we were just talking and catching up and dad had me sit on his lap and we're swinging oh god and um I guess it rained for the previous two days well but I guess the weight of both of us Chain broke, and we kind of fell on the ground, kind of got a little dirty. Dad's arms were all scraped up, and when it was time to go back in and start our session, here the two of us walk in looking a little... The Jewish kid and the bad Catholic girl covered in mud. And blood. My arm was bleeding. Blood was dripping off my fingers. And there we walked in. So did you pass? Is it pass-fail? Okay. I'm not sure if it was pass-fail, but... But we got a lot of high fives from people walking in. (laughs) Jesus, guys. <laughs> so, you know, and that that is probably one of our biggest differences in our personalities is I am more, very much more the rule follower and, you know, the goody-goody and, you know, let's not bring attention to ourselves where Papa fell, not so much. Yeah, there are ways I so, just can't relate to you, Dad. I'm sorry. I'm, so, there are ways I am 100% my mother <laughs> and that is one of them. So when we walked in and everyone saw, I was a little bit more than mortified. Face bright red and yeah. Yeah. 
All right, well, congrats on getting through that difficult time. So looking back on, so I'm guessing you guys got married and then you moved in together? Yes. So you'd never lived together? No. How'd that go? No, I was- Good roommates? Oh, you mean once we moved in together? Yeah. Yeah, that was fine. We had another, we were renting an apartment and people that were living right next to us were the same age. They had just gotten married and I had become friends with him because he was living by himself before he got married also. And we, we joined Kiwanis or something together. And when the women moved out, she was very, very different. Very, and he became not allowed to do anything. Oh no. So. We talking about the SIGs? No, no, Claude and... The one who with the corduroy pillows? Yes. <laughs> she was... The way we she remember was people. anally retentive about how she kept things. And we'd go over their um, apartment for a drink or whatever, and they had corduroy pillows all throughout her living room, and they all had to be horizontal. Oh, but you know what? That sounds nice to me. <laughs> Not the corduroy pillows, but the idea of it being so tidy. So every time she went in the kitchen, I'd run around the living room and turn them all vertical. Jerk. You're the worst. All right. All right. So you guys are married. You're living together. You have a kid and a perfect kid. You just have these two kids. One is just so amazing. That's me. When you were first married and starting to raise kids, I'm guessing you had like a ton of money to do all that with. Is that accurate? Not at all. Seriously? Mm-hmm. When Kraft macaroni and cheese would go on sale? Buy it in bulk. We were yep. living big. So I remember you guys telling me that you used to go to happy hour for dinner on Friday nights because it was like you could get, for, with like a dollar drink, you could get free food or something. Well, this is before we had the kids though. Yeah. Oh, so you weren't bringing us to happy hour for no, dinner? No. Okay. No. All right. So you guys didn't have a lot of money? No. no. So what'd you do? Was that hard? Well, it was for me because I was a big shopper. I always went out with my mom and my sister and went shopping and never had to worry about it. And so it was hard for me. Plus, we lived out in the boonies. I didn't have a lot of friends. I wasn't working a steady job. And, you know, I couldn't really go shopping to entertain myself because I didn't have any money to buy anything. And you were working. What were you doing at the time? We'll say once, like, you had Ryan. So before me. I was still at Alley Rod, so I was a budget analyst. Okay. No, we had you were, we were at Musclemans when you had Ryan. We had Ryan. We were living okay, on the farm. So, I was so you made applesauce. Accounting supervisor okay. for Musclemans. All right, so you're doing that. You don't have a ton of money, but you have these kids. <clears throat> Mom, you've said that was hard for you. Yeah, and you know a lot of what we got for you was hand-me-down stuff. We didn't have. I mean, not we didn't want. We weren't. It's not like we were starving and you know anything like that. But couldn't just go out and get whatever I wanted to get. And we had mostly borrowed baby stuff, you know, the crib and the stroller and that stuff was all borrowed, which was fine. You guys survived perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, it just made us appreciate things that much more. Yeah, which I like. So eventually you went from one booming metropolis living on a farm to another one, Kentucka, New Hampshire, which what is the population of Kentucka, New Hampshire? 5,200. 5,200. And how many of those do you know? 5,100? Close. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you guys have been in Kentucky since, I mean, I was only nine months old right. when we moved. So I don't, I obviously don't remember it was living just 32 in. years. I only tell people I was born in Pennsylvania when someone's like, oh, I'm from Philly. I'm like, me too. And they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, I lived there for nine months. So we're best friends. So I was nine months old. So I obviously pretty much only remember growing up in New Hampshire. What brought you to Kentucky? 
other than the bright lights in the big city. Moved up there with a job. In 85, we bought the home. We moved in in 86. So was it like a really lucrative offer? Because both your families, and I didn't <coughs> set this up, but you're both the third child of four in each of your families. You have a lot of similarities there. So your siblings, your parents are all still in that area at the time, unless some had moved to Florida by then. But pretty much everyone was in Pennsylvania. Yeah. You guys decided to take your two kids and peace out to Kentucky, New Hampshire, which is about seven hours away. Mm-hmm. And again, at a time when there aren't mm-hmm. cell phones, easy ways to stay in touch. So why did you do that? And was there any, from you, mom especially, were you concerned about leaving the family? Oh, for sure. I grew up, both my parents were an only child. So I didn't grow up with a lot of extended family. So it was really hard for me to move far away, away from my family. I wanted you guys to grow up with your cousins and grandparents close by. But dad was the provider. It was a good opportunity. And And you were, dad, you were just like, yeah, we're doing it or? Well, I had recently changed jobs. So A, it would not have looked good on my resume to change jobs again and turn it down. Plus it was a really good, it wasn't a lot of money to move, but it was a lot more responsibility that would have led to career path changes. Okay. So did you, when you got the offer, did you guys like spend a weekend up in New Hampshire and check out towns and yeah. stuff like that? And Kentucky is the one you chose. Yes, we spent a couple weekends. The company flew us up. Oh, nice. And we had a, uh, was a relocation person from the real estate company that, you know, we told her what we were looking for and she took us to a ton of different houses and different towns and we talked and we found the one that we liked and could afford. And Which there were only two in New Hampshire at the time that we could afford. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so life in Kentucky, raising two kids. Let's talk a little bit about what was I like as a kid. Tell everyone about how I was born. In a hurry. <laughs> I was so excited to meet you guys. I, you know what? I honestly don't, dad somehow must have again been in between jobs or something. No, I, I was working home because of the whole thing going on at uh, American Environmental. Oh, okay. But he was home, thank God, because you were in a hurry. We were, again, like Ryan, we were almost a half hour from the hospital. And Ryan was only 18 (laughs) months old. And my parents were going to be on call. And they they were also at least a half hour, 40 minutes away from us. So I started feeling stuff around three o'clock in the afternoon. I called my mom, can you come and get Ryan? Yep, we're on our way. Oh, can't wait for them. Brought him over to the next door neighbor and we drove to the hospital. And what did dad do on the way? Yeah, how was that drive? Very congested. Ended up cutting the cop off, running him off the road almost so that he would give us an escort. And we got a full blown police escort to the hospital. I came into the world in such style. It might be my proudest. I think that's a great debut. I got a police escort. I got sirens. I got basically got a parade. And they were all waiting for you. Yes. In the parking lot when we got there. There's got to be some symbolism there. And <laughs> like the way I came into the world really did set me up for my with expectations. And so when we got there, they brought they wheeled me in and you know check everything, see how dilated I am. They said, "Oh, you there are ready is. to go." I did not have time to change out of my street clothes. But dad did have to move the car out of the emergency where the ambulances park. 
So we were supposed to have a birthing room, you know, a nice quiet area, and it was closed for renovation. So they had to take me into a delivery room, which I had never been in. And they wheel me in and they page dad because it was coming fast. You were coming fast. So they're paging dad. Dad's running down. He has to put the scrubs on and everything. So he's like out of breath and things are happening fast. And, and so there was running involved in my birth. See, I was yeah. getting me set up for a future of so, running. So, you know, dad was getting a little dad like lightheaded. Yeah, dad doesn't do well in hospitals or around blood. So dad's sitting down and I was so concerned about him that I'm literally looking over, are you okay? And I think one push and they announced we had a baby daughter. And no one was paying attention to me because everyone was paying attention to you, dad. Thanks. It was all, it was all planned. It was in order to remove her mentally from the pain that she was going to go through. I staged this so that she, and it worked like it. It worked perfectly. You are. See, you said he's always been a gentleman. I Always chivalrous. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was my entrance into the world. I feel like it's so good. I'm so proud of that story. And I'm just happy I didn't put you through a lot of No, you pain. really didn't. It was very easy. I appreciate that. Well, Thank you. You're welcome. She didn't put you through a lot of pain during the delivery. That's true. <laughs> and you know what? I And let's say, I don't think I put you through much pain for the first 17 years of my life. So talk about me as a young kid. What was I like? Well, first, I will talk to you when you came home because you did have a very cranky time of day. I still do. And it was like, it, <laughs> ironically, it was about dinner time. Yeah, I was going to say I was probably hungry. And, I still get well, like that. You, and, uh, well, and it would be dinner time and I would feed you and I would think you'd be content and you'd be crying and dad would come home from work. And he would try and I have to say, I think you kind of cried harder for poor dad. And, Sorry, dad. You just went I still through. do. I still do. <laughs> he would try and walk you and coddle you, and you would just be screaming. So I was a fussy baby. Just at that one time of day. Okay. That's fair. All right, so growing up, let's fast forward. Once I'm, like, in elementary school, I was doing all kinds of extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. I was a very busy kid. Was I a good kid? Absolutely. Yes. What made me so good? Let's talk about this forever. Well, you were just happy, and well, I guess maybe you were my kindred spirit. You were a little goody two shoes rule follower, and one of I think my proudest things were you were always very kind in elementary school to the kids that had a rough time. You had some naughty boys in your class that just were unsettled, and you were always really kind to them. You were kind of your their champion. Well, until one of them pushed me up against a brick wall and Ryan tried to yes. kick his butt on the yeah, playground. Yeah, th that might have been your turn. CJ Phelps, if you're listening, we still have a hit out for you. So. Well, and there's another one in town that oh, I still I think have. I got a restraining order against. Yeah, so. yeah, that was a little rough issue on the bus. We but it's because I was there. so nice to them. I tried to, like, yeah. be nice. Yeah. Um, but you were. I even, I still have the, very much that sensitive side. I still think stuffed animals have feelings. Yeah, I mean, but you kind of lost that in high school. You weren't as tolerant as you were. tough, man. Especially at a small school. It's yep. like, it's not like there's a lot of places to go. It's not like, oh, well, I'm not, I don't want to be friends with these girls anymore. But fortunately, I have all these other choices. I had a big falling out with those girls in eighth grade who were my best friends. And they turned into the mean girls. Well... And you also started hanging out a lot more. You got so busy with dance. Yeah. They, your dance team was really your friends a lot through high school. Yeah, and when I look back, too, on high school, on, like, who my friends were, it's not the people I actually went to school with, no. even though I was super involved. So, yeah. And, of course, I was only a grade behind Ryan, which actually wasn't hard. I feel like maybe, maybe I thought it was at the time, but I don't really remember. Maybe because I just always thought I was so much better. 
Well, I think it caused a lot of friction and competition because there were some of his friends that you became friends with and he didn't Once always we were like older, that. Yeah. yeah. And by senior year, or by my junior year, we were in classes together. We were in Spanish together. We took... I remember Spanish Yeah, together. we took Spanish together. Which actually wasn't a bad thing. Funny, Spanish is what brought you guys together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then your kids took Spanish together. It's um, interesting, though, that you say that it wasn't hard for you. Because I don't think that my younger brother would say the same thing. Well, I think you treated your younger brother a little differently. Ryan, for all of our... I mean, we... So, from your perspective, did we fight a lot growing up, Ryan yes. and I? Yes. What did we fight about other than... Oh. Everything. I don't even know. I don't even know. But the one of the other big memories is Ryan knew how to push my buttons. And he could be challenging at times. And when Ryan was giving us a hard time, that's when the goody Allison really showed. But mommy, guess what I did at school today? And oh, thank you for this. And that would just drive him even more nuts because... The worse he was, the gooder you wanted to be. You I were, know that's not were, really a word, but... you were male, your nickname would be Eddie Haskells. That reference is a little over my head, but because you've used it before. But there might be some of your listeners that might understand that. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. So Ryan and I fought about absolutely everything, um, but we were both very academic, Yes, and I will also say as much as he was mean to you. He, this is what I was getting at. He was very good to me. He was very good. He always used extra money to buy you things. He yeah, would he buy would you have a like... Barbie or those um or those books, those eye books where he had a stack. Magic eye. He bought you those. He was always he very... He always used any money he made from selling baseball cards or whatever and, to buy me stuff. And you never did that. <laughs> I didn't have to. I just got to, I was the good one. I was the and, easy one. And you know, he was, when you were having trouble at school, because it was probably more than one occasion, he was always there to make sure to protect you. He was okay. very protective of you. Yes, that's very true. What were, all right, so you mentioned that I was always out for the underdog and you loved that. What growing up were my worst traits? <laughs> I was a bitch. I was a catty bitch. <laughs> you could turn on a dime when you got older. Like one minute, life was great and you were very happy. And the next, we would say something wrong. And yeah. Yeah. Isn't that just like hormones and puberty? And Yeah. We're not saying otherwise, yeah. but I mean that, I mean, and it wasn't horrible and it wasn't all the time, but. So you also, um, I was a dancer growing up you were. and I did a lot of extracurriculars that I eventually dropped off because I wanted to focus on dance. Sorry, dad. I know you wanted me actually, dad, do you want to tell everyone how good I was at basketball? Awesome. I still have the championship basketball in, uh, in my, uh, office signed by the, the whole team. Matter of fact, I'm going to go eBay and see if, see what that thing's worth. Did we really win a championship? I'm inclined to say we didn't win a single game. No, but I have the basketball. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it was a thank you. All right, so I played basketball for three years, third, fourth, and fifth grade. You were my coach in fourth grade. Was I a passive player or an aggressive player? You were good at stealing the ball, sometimes through the player that had it, but you ended up getting the ball. Did I ever draw blood from someone on my own team? Probably. <laughs> yes. Katrin West and I used to scratch each other's arms to get the ball from each other. So I was pretty scrappy. Don't know if I ever made a single basket. Eventually decided this might not be for me. 
So you went to dance since Katrin ended up winning a state championship in basketball. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Katrin. You know, it's because I had to let her shine. I had to get out of her way. I was I was holding her back. And yes, she is an amazing, amazing athlete at all sports, actually. So dance was a really big commitment, time and finances. We'll go to mom for the time part because you were shuttling us. Like, did you just feel like a chauffeur? Because you were also working at that time. You were working Oh, by then I was working, yeah. yeah. Did you just feel like you were a chauffeur all the time? Uh, yeah, and it was hard because Ryan did all his activities, practices local. But then his games were away, and I wanted to see his games, and you were in Concord. You know, neither of you were driving. So when I took you, I tried to get some errands done. I did Do for shopping. I did back then. By then, we had some money and I could shop again. <laughs> um, for a while, we carpooled. You had Becky, and um, so we would try to take turns. And then she went away to different high school, different dance studios. So that stopped working. But the weekends, too, I mean, competitions, we were there Friday right after school, and mm-hmm. those would go to what, 11 at night and then start at 7 the next morning. Yep. You were at all of them start to finish with me and dad you came to everything so financially too i don't ever want to know how much exactly dance cost but i'm guessing it wasn't a cheap activity and you guys let me do it why why didn't you say like only one class or it wasn't that good yeah you were you loved it you showing up there and it was good for you you had a ton of friends dance gave you so much confidence and we just loved watching you because you really liked it so dad in my mind, you also were at every competition. And even Ryan. Ryan, for a very long time, came to all of my performances. Oh. I know he had to. Yeah, he didn't I know he, he wouldn't smile for the group photo after, but I know he was there. <laughs> you, I know, have said that you felt like you weren't around as much when we were growing up. The memory I have is you walking in the door at 6 o'clock every night and coming right to the kitchen table and us eating family dinner. And we were not allowed to watch TV during dinner, which I thought was a little bit annoying. Unless you weren't home and Wheel of Fortune was on. Then mom let us watch TV during dinner. (laughs) But I remember you walking in the door at 6 o'clock every night. I remember having family dinner every night. I remember you being at every game and practice and performance. Is that the same or different than the way you remember my childhood? No, I was away a lot. Why don't I remember it? But that I way? do. I did make any event. So the big School stuff. plays. Yeah. I was all the competitions. I didn't go away with you in the summer all the time. There, went, there was one one place you went. Nationals. Oh, for nationals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? We yeah. could have used you there. Virginia. By the way, Virginia and Rhode Island. No, he showed up in Rhode Island. Though. Oh, that was nice. He did. He showed up in Rhode Island. But you've said before that you felt like you weren't around as much. I wasn't. Why do you feel that way? Is that a regret or no? Well, it was a regret. I don't know what I could have done about it. So it was just work stuff taking you away. Yep. All right. Well, I remember you being around all the time. I remember you being very present. Well, I remember him being away for long stretches of time and we would have to get into our own routine. We went to school, we came home and we had our activities. We had dinner, we had bath, we read a story, we went to bed. And when dad would return from his trips, it kind of interfered. It's like we kind of had we to. We had this down. We do. Or actually even more, when Ryan was born, dad was also going to get his master's degree. And when Ryan was born, dad never saw Ryan's eyes because Ryan was always asleep. So dad would come home and flick his toes just to open his <laughs> eyes and see if his eye color changed. or <laughs> Never wake a sleeping baby. No. Even I know but, that. Well. 
I got to see him. And then, of course, I was tired because I'd leave the, the house at like 6 in the morning and wouldn't get home until 11 at night. And then I, so I was tired, and Ryan would be up, and I'd hand them to mom and say, I'm going to bed. <laughs> nice. After you woke them up. Goals. All right, so going back to when we were a little bit younger. So, no, quite tell dance because I enjoyed the dance because you guys had such a good rapport together. But Me and my one, teammates? Yes. But I remember going to a competition, I think it was in Boston, and we had the whole, your whole troop in the, in the Dodge Caravan, and we were driving, oh, we were actually coming back, we were actually coming back from the competition, and we got through the hooks at Toll, and I pulled over the side of the road, made everybody get out. You, you did your dance routine on, on the, the side, side of, of highway. Route 93. And we thought that was like the coolest thing. <laughs> that was that small group number of Sue's. Boogie bumper. Yeah. Could probably still do it. Uh, so eventually, or not eventually, we're going back in time now. When I was seven, Ryan was, Ryan's a year and a half older than me, but a little bit later, you realized you had not just one, but you had two kids with Crohn's disease. So congrats. I mean, talk about hitting the jackpot. Yeah. I've shared my Crohn's story on the show before, so we don't need to go through all those details. But from your perspective, what's it like having two sick kids? How was that for you guys? Horrible. I felt guilty. Why? <laughs> well, uh, you know, where'd you get it from? What could we have done different? But the biggest thing was was after you were diagnosed. And I was diagnosed first. Yes. Right. And us there. looking at you in pictures and then looking at you three months before that, it was like your body had transformed um, and we never noticed it. So you guys felt bad? Oh yeah. I'm fine. I know, but <laughs> when you were at your seven month, uh, seven year old checkup at the doctor, and in May, and by July, you had lost seven pounds when you only weighed like 40 pounds. That was bad. Okay. So do you have any advice for parents whose young children are sick? Anything that could be helpful for them? You guys are making a face at each other like we have no clue. Well, the, big, oh, the biggest thing is um, do your own research. Be your own advocate. Don't, advocate. don't necessarily trust everything your doctor is going to tell you. Yep. So we can skip some of the Crohn stuff because I've talked about that quite a bit on this show. Who taught me how to drive? I think I did like back and forth to school. Dad did the highway. I remember doing the weekend <laughs> drives like down to Warner with you. Was I a good driver? Well, actually, I gave you a chance to drive before you were of age to drive. Oh, in the, in the parking, parking lot? lot of my employer. And it was at that point I decided this is going to be a problem. <laughs> Why? Because so you decided that the car had two speeds, stop and 150 miles an hour. I still feel that way. <laughs> I do think that's the best speed at which to drive. So was, drive, was teaching me how to drive stressful? Or no, not a big deal. Yes, it was. Mom says it was stressful. She raises a hand. For me, it was very, because you like to know more about what was going on. Oh, there's so-and-so, or let me change the radio station, or how do I look? And I and I felt those things were more important to you than really worrying about your driving. I hate to admit this to you, but I felt more comfortable with Ryan when he was learning than you. Oh, but who's a better driver now? 
I the will king say of road I, me. I feel more comfortable with you in a car now, but back then, not so much. Okay, well, that was, I mean, it was an exciting time. I should also say that I have, ooh, I was going to say I have an excellent driving record, but that does open up another story. Mm-hmm. The first time, which I'll tell it, I'll tell it. <laughs> the first time I got a speeding ticket that I didn't deserve was the day of my high school graduation. I had, I was coming from a job interview, like a good, responsible young woman with career aspirations to work at Abercrombie and Fitch. And I was driving home and I was in a rush because I, all the family was at our house. I needed to get ready for graduation. And so I'm driving down the road that we live on, which I drive a zillion times a day. I think that the speed limit on that road is way too low. I think 35 is ridiculous. It should be 65, which is closer to what I was driving. I got pulled over. I took the ticket like a champ. I did not argue with the local police officer, Officer Simpson. I hate your guts. And he doesn't listen. It's fine. He can't arrest me now. And so I went home. Did I tell you guys I got a speeding ticket when I got home? I think I did. No. No, was... we didn't find out right no, away. No, yes, yeah, we did find out that day because I talked to him that Okay, day. so yeah, Dad, do you want to tell the back half of this story? And I was pissed, but I was just, I was so like, I need to get to graduation, whatever. But then the second half of the story, did I pay that ticket? I think the ticket was... Um ripped up somewhere along the way and yeah so this is maybe not the best example of me taking charge of my own life but but you did well i did i didn't ask you didn't ask dad to take care of it so that so graduation was on a friday so sunday once all the family had left you were like let's go for a drive and so we're driving somewhere i don't know and you were like how fast were you actually going? Because I did. I think I told you guys I was going 37 in a 35 and he gave me a ticket. I definitely lied to you guys about how fast I was actually going. I think I said I was going 45 in a 35. I was going 54 in a 35 oh, or I something. It was 42, but. Whatever. Either way, nice I definitely lied ticket. to you guys. You saw Officer Simpson who gave me the ticket at graduation because small town, all, all 12 of us are at graduation. And he, what didn't he say to you? Like, oh, I, you know, I didn't realize it was her graduation day. Now I feel bad I gave her a ticket. I'll go ahead and I'll go, you know, she she was responsible. She didn't say anything. She just took it and he ripped up the ticket. I didn't know that until Sunday we went for a drive and you were like, how fast were you actually going? And I was like, 45, I swear dad, I would never lie. You're like, how fast were you going? I know, what did he tell you? So you got me to fess up to the fact that I lied and then said that he had ripped up the ticket. So. Um, but other than that, I've only ever gotten one speeding ticket. Also was going, driving home to visit you guys after college. But it's fine. I paid it. No one got me out of that one. All right. So I grew up looking back on my childhood up to the college years. What are you proudest of? All your achievements. You always shined in whatever you, whatever you did. And you took your disease like a champ. You know, you learn to live with it, which when you were younger, wasn't as big a deal. It's usually like once, maybe twice a year, but you still, you were, you know, learned to live with it. You didn't whine and complain, but you were involved in so much, but you always kept up your grades. We never had to nag on you to get your work done. Chores were a little different. You weren't really great at your chores. Okay, not true. I watered every plant in the house. You watered every silk plant in the house. That is correct. <laughs> it was my job to water the plants and I didn't I didn't 
care which ones were real and fake. So I was like, I'm just going to water all of them. And I watered all the fake plants. <laughs> that was just me being lazy, I think. Well, that, that kind of carried over into adult life, too, because I think one year you were telling us how much you admired our new Christmas tree. Yeah. It was fake. <laughs> that thing was a perfect pyramid. It was a beautiful tree. Who put the lights on? They're it looks perfect. so perfect. Whatever. And it I'm smells smart. good. Does it? <laughs> I'm smart. Any disappointments? No, I don't think I could say disappointments. Really? Snappy. I was snappy. Yeah, but I mean... I was a hormonal I, teenager. Well, yeah, I mean... I, don't, I was very I don't, stressed. I was just saying, I don't know that I could call that a disappointment. I mean, you know, you really did I didn't... had to force you into making a decision in college when you had your roommate issues yeah and i said there's two choices you didn't want to make the choice and still don't want to make choices you you were you thought i was the worst person in the world at that point yeah i felt like i was a really good kid through high school and it wasn't until like senior year kind of started hanging out with a different crew and a different boy Mm -hmm. and that was my bad face and that was the boy I dated when I went away to college. And the one that I said, you know, you don't want to tie yourself down when you go away to college. And what happened, yeah. I think, by then we did have cell phones. And by the time we got home from Quinnipiac, after dropping you off, I get a text or a call. We're official. We're dating. I'm like, what? Hmm. Didn't listen to mom advice very well, and I think that was part of the problem with your first semester of college. I will stand by that, whether you agree or not. I think that was a huge part of your first semester. Yeah, I had a rough first semester. I ended up switching rooms, and that was the best thing I ever could have done. Agreed. Changing roommates. Those yep. girls are still my best friends. So, yeah, we had a bit of a rough patch. Yeah, I blame the boy. I blame a lot of that on him too, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. I really do. His his choices and his people he hang up hung out with. Yeah, yeah. we can fast forward that. We're good. Yeah. Are there um, is there anything that either of you would have done differently when it came to raising Ryan and I? Yes. Oh, definitely. What? Religion. Why? Oh, yeah. I knew you were going to say that, but why? So we were not really raised with religion. We, that's why I say Jewish. (laughs) Not really. Okay, not at all. (laughs) I can say the Hanukkah prayer, and I know that on Christmas you get presents. (laughs) That's about it. That's, I mean, yeah, we didn't practice religion at all from either of you, which I think is totally fine because as a grown-up now, I have my own opinions about what I don't believe in but they're not based on any well they're not based on anything you guys taught me they're based on my own but you don't know anything about the uh, about the stories. about the bible and about you know the religious histories of different different ethnicities and that is sad what we did try to do is at the main holidays like hanukkah Passover. I always got books from Scholastic News, book orders, and we would at least read you the stories. I mean, it's still not the same. I totally agree with Dad. But so we at least could teach you, read to you a little bit about it. Well, I don't want you to regret that because it's not. Mm. I now, Mm. as an adult, have plenty of my own thoughts, which I will spare the audience because we'll need to go there. But um, I think we're good. I don't think you should regret that. You did offer to pay me to take a theology class in college, though. And I was like, nope, I'm good. Thanks. I have dance. So, but if you want to pay me now, I'll take a class. <laughs> sure. We can revisit that uh, negotiation. 
So eventually I grew up, I graduated, I moved to New York, very exciting. I think you graduated and then you grew up. <laughs> That's, I think I'm still growing up if we're being honest. Um, so eventually I stopped dancing, I started running, which I think surprised everyone. But I've never felt like you guys are super jazzed about the running. Like you support it, you came to my first half marathon, you came to my first marathon. But I feel like anytime I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna run 10 miles tomorrow, you guys are like, why, why don't run so much? Don't do that. I, I'm very supportive. I know it makes you happy. I know it makes you feel good, but I still have concerns that it's tied in when you have a, when you eventually have a big flare. I don't have anything factual, but I do have to question if it's too hard on your body. And that's when you go into these flares after you've been training really hard for a big race. Well, don't worry. I retired from marathons, so, so we're good there. And I do feel better now yeah. <laughs> knowing that. <laughs> good, good. Dad, any take on the run? I've tried to understand that a couple, you know, a few times I actually tried to run down the driveway to get the paper. And I don't, I just don't get it. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Um, but I mean, fitness was a big part of mom, a big part of your life. When I was growing up, I always remember going to your workout classes. Well, that was one thing I gave up early on when you guys were so busy and dad wasn't home. I had to give up exercise because I couldn't go because I had you guys to take care of. So I actually had been doing exercise classes and gave them up. It was the easiest thing. Well, I don't have time for this, but I did get back into it when you guys were away at college and now it is a big part. I love it. And I tried the running route. I would try to go for walks. You did 5Ks? Yeah. I tried to go for walks because it's a nice exercise. Or like when I would take Ryan to a practice, I said, I'm going to just go for a walk. It was so boring. So I said, oh my God, maybe if I pick it up a little and trot, I'll get done faster. So it was really hard. I would go, okay, I'm going to go from here to there. Let's add a couple houses. And I eventually, I don't, I never loved it like you. I could never do distance. I could never breathe properly, but I, and I never got a runner's high, but I did, when I was really doing it regularly, I felt like I was in the best shape. I can help you with the runner's high. Well, <laughs> but now I can't do it because I have really crummy knees and they hurt really and bad. plantar fasciitis. No, I don't have that Didn't anymore. Didn't you have that for a while? I did. I did, but yeah. that seems to be gone. But no, it's my knees. I can't really run it. Well, you guys are amazing on the sidelines. There's nothing better than my first marathon and having you guys and the whole family there just going absolutely bonkers. I think it was a 26.2 mile race. I think you guys saw me like nine times. <laughs> so excellent spectating skills. Well, we had we had a lot of help from someone else telling us where to be. Yeah, both CEO was, was running the show that day, but I do appreciate that. We don't need to go into detail here, but I have had some relationships was it hard, dad, for you when I started dating? Not that I ever started like dating. I feel like I never was like going on lots of dates with boys. That just like wasn't a thing when I was in high school. But were you open to the idea of me dating when I was a teenager? Uh, yeah, other than that, you know, the, the date to pick you up at a mobile home. <laughs> that was for prom. <laughs> oh, much better. Much better. I believe Ryan, my older brother, referred to it as a traveling bedroom which it was I could have done without that comment but well imagine our surprise when we go out to take pictures and there's an rv sitting in the driveway and your dates got a white tux on and a top hat outside of this rv 
Yeah, we went to prom in an RV. The only Nothing thing happened. I he tried to kiss me, and I freaked out, and I asked Adam Poor to drive me home. FYI, I was such a good kid. I will say that I was okay with it because I knew you were going as friends, and you were not dating him. Had it been a, bo- a true boyfriend, I'm not sure I would have handled it quite as well. And my first boyfriend was a good kid. Matt Delois was a nice. Oh, boy. I liked him. So yeah. That was a good way to ease yeah. into it. I liked him. He was nice. I mean, he cheated on me but sure we didn't know that really for a long guy. time but then came along brian cristiano what were your first impressions of brian cristiano he was the one. Oh yeah oh yeah oh we told you that story we were with ryan and michaela i think we were heading down for david's uncle's funeral or something and we stopped in new york to meet brian and we spent some time. We walked to the park. We went to 16 Handles. Of course. We left. We were at the bottom of the stairs of the apartment, and we all look at each other. Ryan goes, oh, my God, is he the one or what? And we all are like, yup. <laughs> so were you like, don't screw it up, Allison? <laughs> we might have talked about that with each other from time to time, Ryan especially. <laughs> yeah, Ryan was, like, obsessed with trying to find Brian's flaws because Brian yes. was all about the grand gestures at the beginning. Like, yes. I had a bad day. There was a cake at my doorstep with my name on it. It was pretty good. All right, so you knew right away. You said they're going to get married. No, we no. no, we just knew he was a perfect fit for you, that you oh. guys, something, you could just see it in both of you. What was it? What made him a perfect fit for me? I don't know. He just was more what I pictured you dating as opposed to some of the other boys we met. And he just made you happy and could just see a big difference. There was just something you could see you guys really gelled. All right. What's your favorite thing about Brian? That he makes you happy. Dad? Yeah. He makes you happy and he's driven. Yeah. And handsome. Yeah. So handsome. What's your least favorite thing about Brian? He's sitting right next to us. We can't say. He's plugging his ears. <laughs> that he struggles with the same thing that I struggle with in balancing life and work. Yeah. And I, I guess and I see how that makes you because I've been there, done that. Yeah. And it helps having knowing that you guys got through that and that you guys have been married for 65 years. It's helpful to see that. That's so ironic. We're not even 65 years old I know. It's crazy the way math works. Um, Close. (laughs) But that is helpful, knowing that, like, you know, anytime anything does feel hard, that it's a phase and you get through it. And I know that for you guys, I look back on your marriage when I was growing up. I thought it was perfect. I have no memories of you guys fighting. I have memories of you guys being in the kitchen and dad telling dumb jokes and mom laughing at them. And I was like, does she think he's like, they've known each other for 87 years. She's still laughing at these jokes. Like that's not funny, but like she would laugh. So obviously something's funny. And I just, I felt like you guys were such good examples of a loving, happy relationship. When you guys look back on your marriage then and now, would you agree with that? That you never fought and... We ne- we made it a point to never fight in front of you, but we never had like huge drag out fights. Ours is more like we would be annoyed or angry and we just ignored each other for a little bit and eventually. True. Yeah. So after 147 years of God, marriage, <laughs> I can't keep track. What's your advice for making it to the point that you guys have made it and then some? 
<laughs> what did the yes, rabbi dear. tell? What did the rabbi tell us? I'm not going there with the with the rabbi. Told what did us, the, no? We well, now you have to. What did the rabbi tell you after you guys were? He was your dude. The the rabbi that that was at our wedding. So we had to do uh, pre cana this eight hours with the Catholic religion. The, we had to spend one half hour with the, rab- with the rabbi with the rabbi <laughs> and, and his uh his advice was never argue with your clothes on okay i guess that's why i never heard you guys fighting <laughs> all right thank you so you much for that advice. yeah no i mean you're giving that advice to your daughter so do with that what you will i mean um and with that um, you look look choked up no, I'm figuring how do I make a graceful transition out of that. Um, but do you have any, mom, do you have any advice to add to that? Just be supportive. Yes, the times get tough. There are a lot of times it was frustrating. You feel like you have to do it all. But, you know, it's it's not coming from a bad place. He's He was the breadwinner. I didn't work. I had to accept that. And so that was my you job. You did work, though. You worked while we not, were growing up. You didn't for a couple years. But for then... a lot of years. But still, you know, then I had to, I did you know, the work and everything else, but, um, well, okay, maybe that's I didn't mean it that way, but he worked late. So yes, I had to cook the dinners. I did the grocery shopping. It would, that's how you and your brother got a car is because I said, I cannot do it all. I cannot drive them in opposite directions to where they need to be. And so you bought us the least, least safe car on the planet. Cause I'm at least safe, maybe least expensive. <laughs> I think those go hand in hand at some point. I mean, that car, you couldn't open the, the front door without it going, like having this awful yeah, creak. And... It was safe. But anyway, so just know that it's doing two, it from a good place. That's why they have two doors. Yeah, use another one. Well, that one's too rusty. God, that car had no pickup, I'll tell you. Well, neither did your sad. Well, that was, there was a, there a reason, was a reason that was behind that. <laughs> that was intentional. There was a reason behind that. Heavy foot. All right. <clears throat> So we are recording this episode together at a lovely Airbnb in Greenport, New York. Why are we in Greenport, New York? Wasn't it to visit wineries? <laughs> it was to visit wineries. And to see you and Brian's mom and Colin. We haven't seen them since the wedding. I know. So you're, you're already grandparents. You have two wonderful grandkids. I think anyone listening is well-versed in, in Tyler and Abby because I talk <laughs> about them so much. And Abby is my favorite person to to share videos of online because she's just the best. But we're adding one more to the bunch. How do you feel about that? Ecstatic. Uh, uh, that was my word. Aw, <laughs> finishing Ecstatic. each other, finishing my sentences together. <laughs> mm. Why is being a grandparent, I feel like, you know, I'm guessing you guys were very excited when you had Ryan and I. But oh, I feel totally. like the joy in both of you of being grandparents is like nothing I've ever seen. Mom like has freaking tears in her eyes right now. <laughs> I have no idea why, but she's already crying. This is not the first time we're telling you this news. We've been talking about it all weekend, but all right. Why is being a grandparent such like a big deal? You're like obsessed with being grandparents. You guys love it so much. I don't know. I mean, we talk about that a lot. It is. It's I don't know if it's more relaxing isn't the right word, but I mean, because actually sometimes it's more nerve wracking because you don't want anything to happen on your watch. You know, nothing bad happened. It's just you have it from a new perspective, I think. And it's just so much fun. And you've been through it and we don't have all the tough parts of it, I guess. 
but anyone I talk to, all my friends that are grandparents, everyone feels that way. It's just like, bad, not battle, because that doesn't sound good to you guys. <laughs> it's just <laughs> a different plateau. It's just different. It's just, yeah. Okay. What traits do you hope our child gets from me, and what ones do you hope they get from Brian? Both your looks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm glad that's where we went first. Yeah, but <laughs> it's easiest to say. Um, probably your bubbly personality, your positive outlook, and love love of life. Both of you have that. Okay, that's both of us. Dad, what would you add both to that? Both positive. Yep, you're both positive, optimistic people with with drive all right cool well congratulations and, and i and i hope that he she is is able to give you the heartaches that, <laughs> that, that, why do you want us to have heartache no, mom doesn't heartache's not the right thing no because we also just said she did not give us heartaches except <laughs> oh, with the crohn's disease which was not her fault that was and it was not control. your fault either no i i and you understand the first time that your child says i hate you what that means what that what has been said is more of parents that have very difficult child children, children. i hope that you're He's just like you yeah oh. so you understand what we went through but That's i funny. don't i don't really feel that way with you and ryan oh all right i love it all right well congratulations on adding a third grandchild. Hey, thanks to the, for helping us the out mix. there. Glad we could make a happy weekend for you guys. So the way that we end the Alley on the Run show is what we call the sprint to the finish, which mom knows she's run 5Ks. She knows you pick up the pace when you see that finish line. Dad. I've run 5Ks too. When you really so you know. have to pee. This is like how fast you go. All right. So the way that we'll do this is these are rapid fire questions. So each time I want answers from both of you. So we can, mom, you answer first and then dad. Oh. So dad, you get the advantage of more time to think, but mom, you don't have to worry about not copying his okay. answer. All right, ready to sprint? Yeah, I'm Let's ready go. to sprint. What would your last meal on earth be? Ice cream. Mac and cheese. Favorite movie? I don't know that I have one. Shawshank Redemption. Biggest pet peeve? Tardiness. We're the same. People driving in the left lane. <laughs> Slowly. Oh, like if they're not passing. Correct. Oh, favorite TV show. Oh, I had a lot of old 60 Minutes. Uh, Obviously. I, was, I thought you would have said Hill Street Blues. I loved like LA Law. I used to love, um, it was a Sunday night show with Seven Brothers. Brides. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? Like you can't wait, man. I know. You, it, it, um, you can't remember the name of your favorite show. <laughs> I remember I really liked it. She loved it so much. <laughs> Greatest fear? Cancer. In, is that why we don't say it in this family? Yeah. We yeah. Just... <laughs> it seriously is. Getting trapped in a tunnel. Okay. <laughs> Did not know that about you. <laughs> Where was your first real kiss? It's probably in a car. At... I think it was at, in Ocean City. Neither were with each other. Oh. Oh, oh, you guys were answering together. Oh, that's so cute that you just thought of each other. No, I meant like your first real kiss ever. But it's funny that neither of you knew. I thought you meant with a, each other. Oh, no. That's cute, though. But where was your... But dads your... might have been with somebody else in Ocean City. So and yours might, might have been in a car, Grammy. With... Whoever it was, honestly, probably what? No, it wouldn't have been. Because, it was. No, I know who it was, but no, it wouldn't have been in a car because his we weren't driving age then, and his father used to drive us wherever we had to go. All right. Mom, what is your favorite thing about Dad? His patience. 
With me. Oh. <laughs> Dad, favorite thing about mom? She just does everything. <laughs> but he was going to say she's smoking hot. Well, not mom, now. what is the most annoying thing Dad does? <clears throat> I, that's what I was waiting for. Oh, God. Yeah. But I don't know you can't help that, but that yeah, that's part of the clearing of the throat. Dad, what is the most annoying thing Mom does? Oh, I don't want to hear. Drives in the left lane. <laughs> <laughs> when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? That's easy. I want to be a mom. Not a horse. <laughs> a flying horse? That is a nod to... Um, childlike Allie, I apparently wanted to be a flying horse when I grew up. I'm still working on it. Anything else you wanted to be or just here to sass me? Uh, I don't even remember what I wanted to be. Well, hopefully you're living your dreams. Yep. Probably a lawyer. A, a grandparent. What was your first real job? Oh, I was a um, assistant manager for Woolworths. Staff accountant. Least favorite household task or chore? Cleaning the floors. Do I do any of them? She's <laughs> no. Do you take out the trash, the recycling, going to the dump? You kind of like that, I think. It does like it. You okay. do the dishes a lot. Yeah, I don't mind it. Last thing. Yeah, you do. You always clean up dinner. You clean up dinner before we're allowed to sit down and eat it. Yeah, but you said the least favorite. So I don't <laughs> know what my... Oh, okay. Yeah. True. Last thing you do before you go to bed at night. Kiss dad goodnight. Aw. Dad, same question. Kiss mom goodnight. <laughs> say I love you. I thought you were going to say, take an Ambien, and then I don't remember. Oh, that sometimes. <laughs> what is something that always makes you laugh? My grandkids. Dad? The commercial on... Oh, uh, on, oh, oh that new for, show. Uh, we're splitting up together. Splitting up together. <laughs> the commercial for it? Yes. yes. Okay. Have you watched the show? Yes. Oh, is the show funny or just the commercial? Pretty much the commercial's funnier okay. than the show. <laughs> yeah. All right. First thing you'd do if you won the lottery. Oh, God. We've, we've talked about it. I don't know what the first thing is I would do. We've always talked about helping the kids <clears throat> kids out. You're always doing everything for everyone else. You should take a trip. We would do that. I mean, there's a lot of things I would do. I don't know what I would do first. Okay. Dad? Pay mortgage off and probably make you guys get a place of your own. Or give you money to get a place of your own. We have one. It's a lovely two-bedroom, <laughs> two-bathroom apartment that we rent in New Jersey. Yeah, and well, we're just fine. Of your own. Okay. <laughs> With a fenced-in backyard for Ellie. Oh, And yay. a nursery for new baby. Yeah. Favorite smell? Oh, chocolate chip cookies coming out of the oven. At Aldo's this morning, the fresh-made <laughs> muffins. <laughs> it's the coffee shop. Um, what was the best day of your life? I guess I better say my wedding day. Well, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> it was. Not the day that I was born. Well, that's what, it's hard because, you know, at the time that yeah. was, and then Ryan's birth and your birth and Tyler, the Navi. I mean, it, then your wedding, you know, it's hard to pick. They kind of change. Our wedding was the best day, Dad. I know. We'll show you photos. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> I promise. Mm -hmm. uh, who's your favorite kid? I'm not going there. Dad, same question. Um, Ellie. Oh, I love that answer. I'm not even mad that it's not me. I'm so proud. All right, this is the big question that we end things on. You're hosting a dinner party. You get to invite any five guests. Two separate dinner parties, so ten guests total. Who's at your dinner party? Definitely Ellen. I knew. I knew. Definitely Ellen. 
Oh my god, I can't come up with five so right you, away. You, if you just want you and Ellen, that's fine. You that just would get one be on awesome. One time. I would love to have a one-on-one with Ellen. Great, Dad. Five guests at your dinner party. Uh, my father. Oh, now you make me feel bad. Are <laughs> <laughs> these real celebrities that I'm probably like? Uh, um, Somebody like Leonardo da Vinci or some more somebody like somebody like that that I could uh, famous inventors. What about um, an athlete? That's who I just came up with. Rob Gronkowski. You okay? I love Gronk. He makes me laugh more than Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> see, I would go with more like a Mickey Mantle. Yeah, see, I wasn't into it back then. Johnny Unitas. They were my two sports heroes growing up, but I actually met Johnny Unitas. Um, you get one more. And uh You need a female at your dinner party. It's skewing very and male. One uh person to be named later because I don't know whether it's a male or female. Aww, <laughs> oh that's cute. See, th- maybe that's what annoys me of dad. He always manages to upstage and come up with better answers. <laughs> that's why we let him go second. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and then the last thing that I ask, which you guys you're gonna have to pick your brains here. I ask every guest to give everyone listening. A reason to go for a run today. It's good exercise. Somebody's chasing you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Grammy and Pop-Up, thank you so much for coming on the Alley on the Run show today. I've loved getting to know you a little better. I could have done without the details of the pre-Cana story and the arguments, but it's always good to get to know each other a little better. Thank you for um, having me on this planet. It was our pleasure. It still is our pleasure. Thanks for having us. And I didn't need to be nervous as I was. You were nervous? No. (laughs) You did a great job, both of you. you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, our pleasure. Mom, Dad, thank you for having me and raising me and teaching me how to be a good person. And thank all of you for listening. If you loved this episode, please consider sharing it with your friends, family members, running buddies, and coworkers. Then I would so appreciate if you would just take a few minutes to leave a rating and review for the show on iTunes. You can help me grow this show, and I promise to keep making it the very best podcast possible. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at AllieOnTheRun1 and on the Allie on the Run Facebook page. Until next week, thanks for joining me on the run.